Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about why words matter. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is August 1st, 2022. And I'm excited for a new month. There's some things happening in our lives that happen only in August. One being my birthday and two being when my children go back to school and then when I go back to driving a school bus. So I'm pretty excited about that. A change of scenery, a bit more routine, which will please my husband to no end. Today, I wanted to go over why words matter. Before we do that, the Torah portion for this week is called Davarim, which means words. And the Torah portion is Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 3, verse 22. The half Torah portion is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 through 27. And then I actually had a hard time trying to find the Brit Hadashah for some reason this particular week. But one place I found said it was John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. The other one says Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 22. So why not read both? That's how I, I see it. But today I did want to talk to you about why words matter. And I actually noticed this pattern. I really should say my mother noticed this pattern and mentioned it to me that lately I've really been discussing really the the root of it is words and why they matter and why it's important to be careful with your words. And I think it's something that's really been on my heart for me to learn and to think about and for God to really press upon my spirit, like this is something that I myself need to work on, which I know I've never been super great with my words ever. So I, I tell people like I actually am a lot better at articulating my thoughts, feelings, words on paper than I am speaking them. Why? Because when you're writing something down, typically you think about it before you write it down. And there have definitely been people in my life where I have made a concerted effort to think very carefully before I speak simply because I don't want to hurt their feelings. And that definitely came to light even this past week. And I'm really glad that I was able to speak to somebody that I really been having really struggling uh, with relationship wise with them and kind of were able to get it out in the air and out in the open. And it, it really made me happy to do that. It gave me hope that there is still maybe light at the end of the tunnel where we can uh, continue our friendship versus burning a bridge because you really don't want to have to burn a bridge unless it's absolutely necessary, maybe for your own physical, spiritual, emotional, mental well-being. And I was thinking about this today and I've been thinking about it and I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about it. So clearly this is something that, that the Lord has, has laid in my heart. And I really kind of wanted to go over it because I think that we really do, for whatever reason, we tend to not think before we speak. We tend to write before, uh, not think before we post things online. And we don't think about how it could affect somebody else on the other end of whatever it is that you've said. And I don't believe that that's Adonai's heart for us. It's not Yeshua's heart for us. There's a reason that 
Yeshua said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And sometimes I think we forget to do that when we are quick to speak. And he does talk actually quite a lot in detail about this in the Bible. But I wanted to read to you Proverbs 18. The title is, I'm reading the Tree of Life version. As you know, that's my go-to version. I do enjoy it. It makes it easy for the non-scholar in me to understand. And it's titled, A Fool's Big Mouth. Which I think is perfect because we have all been fools in our lives. I pray that we each would choose to grow in our relationship with Yeshua. And in doing so, would also grow in maturity and be able to no longer be as foolish as we once were. Proverbs 1. Should say Proverbs 18 verse 1. One who isolates oneself seeks his own desire. He defies all sound judgment. Now that particular verse doesn't actually have to do with having a big mouth. But I think it's true, and I know that we've discussed that here, it is not good to isolate yourself. God did not create us to, for isolation. He created us for community. Once again, I want to encourage you, if you do not have a community around you of like-minded believers, even partial like-minded believers, you need to get yourself there because it's not healthy for you not to have godly people around you. It's just not. Verse 2, a fool finds no delight in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Have you ever met somebody who literally likes the sound of his own voice? Which is probably why Adonai has called me to do this podcast, because I don't actually like the sound of my own voice. And my husband will tell you, I don't even like the sound of my own laugh. He thinks it's awesome. Uh, He loves my laugh, which I am so appreciative that God gave me a man who loves my laugh, but I'm not a big fan of my own laugh. And I don't like listening to myself. I do not listen to this podcast after I've recorded it. I I don't, my kids actually laugh. I know how many of you have a car where you get in the car, you start the car up. And if I happen to have the podcast um, or a podcast app open, it'll turn on my podcast. And as soon as I hear my voice, I'm like, ah, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And my kids think it's hilarious, but um, I really don't want to listen to myself unless I have to. Um, but there are people out there for some reason who really do like hearing their own voice, their own voice and listening to their own opinions. I'm not necessarily one of those people. Uh, I do, you know, obviously I value my own opinion, but I don't need to hear myself on a soapbox on a daily basis. It's just not necessary for my way of life. Verse three, when wickedness comes, so does contempt and with dishonor comes disgrace. How often in our lives have we shown contempt for another person? Maybe because whether we want to recognize it or not, we actually think that we are better than them. Which I think is where we also need to be careful with our words. Because if you start talking down to a person, they're going to absolutely know that you're doing that. I'm just saying. I know it's one one of my oldest son's biggest pet peeves. He does not like it. He really didn't like it when he was younger, especially where people would assume he was your typical, I don't know, 12 year old boy. And so they would talk down to him. Here's the problem. I never did that as a parent. Some parents do that. I don't know why they do it. They're kind of setting them up for failure, but I never talked to my children in baby talk. I never talked down to them. I never talked to them like they 
were less intelligent than I was. And because of that, my children have have a confidence and actually do tend to be very knowledgeable. And unfortunately, because of that, it's assumed because they're younger, they're not as knowledgeable as they are. And so people treat them with contempt in their voice without even meaning to. That may or may not be what they're talking about here, but that's what comes to my mind. Verse four, the words of one's mouth are deep waters, a fountain of wisdom, a flowing brook. That right there is what I think we should aspire to. That we shouldn't just talk about shallow things. We should talk about deep things like the word of of God, what he's revealed to you, um, your daily walk, what you have struggles with, you know, having deep conversations and not simply like, oh, well, it's really rainy today. You know, like those shallow conversations. And to have wisdom in the words that we speak. You know, it's funny because ever since I was a kid and I, I read the story of, of Solomon and, and read that that's what he asked of Adonai and Adonai granted that request. I thought this man knew what he was talking about. And you know what, Lord, I don't want riches. I don't want fame. I don't want power. I just want wisdom. Give me wisdom to know the difference between what right and wrong. Give me wisdom for everyday things. Give me as much wisdom as you're willing to give me, Lord. And I pray that I have gained some wisdom since I started praying that prayer. Verse 5. Showing partiality to the wicked is not good, nor is depriving the innocent of justice. To me, that's kind of a simple thing. It's something that you think of, at least my thought process is, I actually kind of think of almost like a courtroom where... A judge may actually show partiality to a wicked person because maybe they were bribed or they are a friend and the person who is innocent in whatever situation ends up being deprived of justice. And that's not how we're supposed to be. That's certainly not how the court system is supposed to be. And I think that's important in our daily lives that that's not how we should treat people. Verse 6, the lips of a fool enter into an argument and his mouth invites a beating. Well, that's um, it's pretty straightforward. I, I would have to say if you are more liable to get in an argument versus having a discussion with a person, you probably are also more apt to get in a fist fight with somebody, depending on who it is that you're arguing with. My goal, and it's something that I, I work very hard at, and I'm, I tell you what, my husband can attest to this. I definitely fail, probably on a regular basis, but I try really hard to not allow my feelings in the, in, in the moment to dictate how I react to something. What I mean by that is, if somebody says something to you and it upsets you, instead of becoming defensive, and because you're defensive, you get angry, and then you lash out, instead of doing that, you take a moment, breathe, really good coping mechanism, which sounds absolutely ridiculous, is you count to 10. That's simple. And if you need to add one Mississippi's, two Mississippi's, you know, add those Mississippi's just so it's a little bit longer, it's okay. You take a moment to think. And decide, is this worth an argument? Is this worth me getting upset? Am I choosing to be upset about something 
that I don't actually need to be upset about. And if I get upset right now, I'm remembering that I am automatically wrong. Because when you start yelling, you're automatically in the wrong. Because you shouldn't be yelling when somebody's simply trying to talk to you. Or even if somebody is poking you. You know, they're poking the bear. You don't get angry. You pray and you ask, Lord, please help me. Please help me through this situation because I want to lose my mind on this person right now. Adonai, please walk with me right now. How would you handle this situation? And I mean, those who know me know I am not perfect in that. I definitely mess up on that area quite a bit. But it's definitely something to think about and something that I try to do when I can. Seven, a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. How often have, you know, the, the saying, have you stuck your foot in your mouth? Where you said something absolutely foolish and it has ruined a relationship, a friendship, a job, uh, lots of things. And that becomes a snare to your soul. Which is why it's so careful for us to think before we speak. Verse 8, the words of a gossip are tasty morsels. Going down into one's innermost being. I know that I'm guilty of that. I try my very best not to, but it's very easy to fall into the gossip mode because we are people of community. Sometimes we share things about others that we shouldn't share. Other times I think, you know, it's, I don't believe that it's gossip when you're telling like a a parent or a teacher, you're telling a teacher like, Hey, this particular student is really struggling with something. You know, I think he might have this, you know, dyslexia or something of that nature. I don't consider that gossip. I think that's, you know, you're not, it's not out of maliciousness. It's not out of let's, you know, I don't know, smear this person so that they feel terrible about themselves and and who they are. No, you're trying to help them and, and making another person who needs to know aware of what's going on with this person. However, that's not really what we're, for each and every person that tells us their struggles or whatever, or chooses to share intimate things about their lives, that does not mean you you have the opportunity, you get the opportunity to share that with other people. Now, I definitely have been guilty of this. I will tell you that up front. But The positive, for me anyways, is that typically a lot of times people will tell me things that may be a secret and I am the best person to tell a secret to. And why, you may ask. Because more than likely, I'm going to forget what you told me. Which means your secret is very much safe with me because I don't remember it. Until maybe you bring it up again and I'm like, huh, I feel like you've told me this before. And you're like, yeah, I definitely did tell you that a couple years ago. And it's like, oh, well, there you go. I'm not perfect. There are definitely times where, you know, I think we all slip up and we do gossip even when we're trying our best not to. But it's good to be aware of it and to not be in denial and say, oh, well, I've never gossiped before. Well, I guess you're not a liar either, but that was sarcasm in case you didn't catch it. Verse nine, one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. I think that's kind of a testament of of being lazy. Because when you, you know, it's very similar to being lazy or one who's destroying. Verse 10, the name of Adonai is a strong tower. 
the righteous run into it and they are saved. Sorry, um, that's not actually what it says. It says the name of Adonai is a strong tower. The righteous one runs into it and is set safely up high. I think that one's kind of a no-brainer. I don't really feel like I have to explain that one. 11. A rich person's wealth is a strong city or like a hall wall. A high wall in his imagination. I actually read this earlier and I kind of just laughed because it's funny because sometimes rich people do kind of live in their own bubble and they think that they're untouchable because of the money that they have, at least in their own mind. 12. Before ruin, a person's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. And I think this one is very good testament, like pride comes before the fall. You need to be aware. And, and that's why it says like, you, we need to be humble. Uh, Rabbi was saying to my husband and I today, it's important to be humble and kind. To not let your ego get in the way of what God is trying to show you. Verse 13, one who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. There's a reason we have two ears and one mouth, right? I'm sure we've told our children that, right? Because we are to listen first. And then, if it's the right moment, to respond. But the key is to listen before responding. Verse 14, one spirit sustains him through illness, but who can bear a crushed spirit? That is a great question. Verse 15, a discerning heart gains knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. And that right there is another one of those that I really pray and hope that it's me. Verse 16, this portion is actually uh, 16 to 24 is overcoming opposition and offenses, which I'm sure has to do with words as well. A man's gift makes room for him and leads him before great men. The first to state his case seems just until another comes and cross examines him. How is it like you, you, this whole thing has gone down, right? You, there's always some sort of drama, right? And you, you know, you hear from one kid, this is what happened. And so you hear the one side of the story. So it sounds good, right? Until you hear from the sibling who says, well, this is actually what happened. So you have the whole piece of the puzzle puzzle to have a clear understanding of what actually happened. And I think that that's what they're talking about here. Casting lots ends quarrels and decides between mighty opponents. An offended brother is more formidable than a fortified city and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. How true. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled with the harvest of his lips. He is satisfied. Death and life are in the control of the tongue. Those who indulge in it will eat its fruit. And that fruit could either be death or it could be life, which is why it's so important to speak life into people, not death. That does not mean you can't give them constructive criticism if you're coming out of a place of love with no malicious intent behind it. But it does mean you still need to be very careful about how you speak to people. Whoever finds a wife finds good and receives favor from Adonai. Amen. You're welcome, honey. The poor request favor, but the rich answer harshly. A man with many friends may be harmed by them, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
the only other place I kind of wanted to take you is actually Acts chapter 2, verses 26 to 28. This is after the rock fills the disciples. And it's a really quick thing. It just says, therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my body also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's exactly what we need to be speaking into our own lives, into other lives, to speak life and that the Lord will will fill us with joy in his presence. The first thing I would also say, like, even when you're praying, what words are you using when you start praying to the Lord? There is no, you know, this is the format you have to use, but I would encourage you instead of being like, Lord, these are the things that I come before you today. And I really need you to help me out with these things. I really have, you know, to go take Timmy to the dentist and I'm praying for traveling mercies for that. And I pray that he, you know, his teeth get cleaned really well and there aren't any cavities. And I basically, it's like a a honeydew list type of thing for Adonai. I would encourage you before you do any of that to take a moment, count to 10, look around you and praise Adonai for all of the things that are around you. Praise him for nature. Praise him for the house over your head. Praise him for anything you are so thankful that you have and that if you didn't thank him for, you wouldn't have tomorrow. That's a long list, isn't it? Especially for us in the Western culture who we have more than we can ask or think and we really don't think about it until that moment when it's like, oh man, our water's out. What are we supposed to do when we don't have any water? And it's like, other countries deal with it. I guess there's like a creek down, hopefully behind your house or something so you can get some water. But that's just it. Like, it's kind of like when you hurt one of your body parts. I remember like I'd stub my toe. Because you don't think about your toes until you hurt one. And then you stub it and you're like, oh man, Lord, like, thank you for my toes. Thank you that this toe wasn't cut off and I just stubbed it. Because it's actually really important to have toes. They help with your balance. Every aspect of your life, even if it's just one thing a day, I would encourage you to be having a mindset of gratitude. And even when there's somebody who you'd really like to curse, I would encourage you to bless them instead with your thoughts, with, and with your words, and then with your deeds, because that's what Adonai has called us to do. That's what Yeshua wants us to do. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast as I do every single week. I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter six, verses 24 to 26. Had a brain freeze there for a minute. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I apologize for butchering that singing portion. Clearly, I'm a little off today. But I pray that you are blessed and that you will have a fantastic week. I plan on trying to enjoy the most of it, especially since this is probably my last week 
of being able to spend with my children before they have to go back to school. And I hope and pray that each one of us will stop and think and remember that our words matter. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.